0: And so you want to understand what is your profitability and, mm-hmm. and also match that to your expectations, right? So there's a lot of um, like in our head calculations going on where the CEO is like, all right, I know we sold X number of these at this price. I've got to cover payroll. All right, I'm at 10K next month or whatever that may be. But really until you, you know, really put everything on paper and, and contemplate all the different pieces. You may be missing certain costs, and you're actually much lower, or you're much higher because you're not considering, you know, an, an influx in sales. So
1: you're listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author Sarah Box. We focus on the mantra: No labels, no limits, no excuses. And now, without further ado, please welcome your commanding coach with plenty of hoots, and heart, Sarah Box.
2: Hey there, No Labels, No Limits podcast listeners, welcome back. I'm Sarah Box, your host of the No Labels, No Limits podcast, where we are on a mission to help individuals, teams, and organizations, especially our nonprofit friends, to think outside the box, move beyond limiting beliefs, and create a profound impact in their lives and the lives of others. And we do this by sharing accomplished and inspiring guests who have challenged their own limiting labels and beliefs, beliefs, um, to pursue and accomplish personal and professional goals. So today, as we are recording this, we're in December, we're wrapping up a year. Um, you may be hearing it in December or right around January, it will be the perfect time. So get prepared for an episode that is packed with financial wisdom and entrepreneurial insights, because we are going to be joined by a true powerhouse, Laura Lauren Colson. Now, I've been talking to Lauren a little bit before I pushed record, and she's not your typical number cruncher. She's a financial expert with an extraordinary knack for connecting with people. And she's also the brains behind behind Colson Strategies. She's on a mission to help business owners like you and me navigate the often daunting world of finances. Lauren understands the hustle and determination it takes to grow a business, and she's here to lighten our load when we come to thinking about finances. She and her team demystifies finances and equips us with tools that we need to make informed decisions and drive our businesses or organizations forward. But she's not just a financial guru, like I said. So beyond her role as a business owner, she's a devoted mother of two, a coffee aficionado. Oh, I love that. And an avid reader, a beach enthusiastic, and a true believer in the power of mindset. So stay tuned because we're going to dig into healthy financial mindsets and the everyday challenges of using financials, and the difference between day-to-day financial management and using financial metrics for long-term success, and so much more. You know, and I was telling Lauren that um, I spent the morning looking and doing my financials because it's the end of the year and communicating and, and doing all that stuff, so it's fresh on my mind. So as we get going, Lauren, I would like to ask you, To tell the group or the listeners if there's anything you want to add to that before I go into my specific questions for you.
0: No, I think that was great, Sarah. And thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to dive in.
2: I am excited to speak with you. You know, I think finances are something that we can tend to want to avoid, you know, sometimes in the day-to-day stuff. um, And I know that I I'm happy to not have to. I just like doing the work, right? Running the business, doing the work. But the financials matter. And so in your experience, let's start with the whole mindset around finances and how people think about them. In your experience, how can a financial, a healthy financial mindset contribute to the success of our businesses or organizations?
0: yeah absolutely. And this is a um <laughs> this is a topic we could chat about for hours, honestly, because oftentimes what your personal experiences growing up or in your personal life around finances can bleed into your business as well. Um, and as you mentioned, um, you don't want to do it or really think about it. And so, I think finances and the accounting side of things are hard for entrepreneurs because it's not a skill that they're necessarily well-versed in or good at, especially when they're starting, which makes complete sense. When you start a business, you do everything, but it doesn't mean you know how to do everything or you're good at everything. Um, but there's still a vital piece um, that needs to be to be used in your business for success. And so um, instead of having that kind of, Scarcity or scared mindset around. I don't even want to look at them, or I know we had a bad month, and kind of using it as a way to, you know, beat yourself up or or, or kind of bring your business down um, is not going to serve you. And even if you did have a bad month, the power of looking at your financials, reading what's going on, understanding, and then using that to make shifts forward shifts in your business is where you're going to really see that growth in value from the financials. So having that shift and, and perhaps finding a, you know, a partner, whether that's an outsourced bookkeeper or a full-time team member, that can teach you kind of the basics that you need to know because you don't need to know how to do it, but you do need no- to know how to read your financial statements and understand all the components going into them. That can kind of take away that fear of, well, I don't even know what that consists of. And then if you take the, hey, this is a tool to help me versus this is just a report that's going to show me how poorly I did last month. Or on the flip side, I know we had a really great month. I don't need to look at that. No, let's double down on what's working well. And let's use that to have an even better month next month. So shifting that mindset on how it can, the financials can really be a tool for you to achieve your goals um, is really important.
2: Finances and money come with a power dynamic, right? So um, I wonder, in your experience, how much that plays into people's willingness to jump in. So when I say a power dynamic, if you've always been in charge of your own finances or from a very young age have been brought into using or having banking or things, so it's not scary to you. you might be more comfortable you might not be it might just be a cash in cash out thing without really thinking the other piece of it is like in relationships in business it may be i got to stay in my lane and i that's not my lane so i'm not paying attention to it so can you just talk a little bit more about the mindset of Because, you know, when you get curious, and I'm going to put myself in this box, I realized like finances, I didn't really pay attention to them until I ran a nonprofit and the board expected me to understand the finances. And it was complex because we had cost centers and different, you know, so I'm like, talk about learning from a fire hose. And luckily, I had someone on the staff who could help me learn. But it's not a quick thing. You don't just get it necessarily necessarily.
0: Right. So you need that kind of repetition. I always tell business owners they should be looking at their numbers monthly because especially for someone who's new to that, that consistent reviewing and understanding is just the more exposure you get, the better it's going to click and understand. Um, And on the whole uh, kind of outsource piece, if you are sending it to somebody else, whether that's a firm or an individual on your team, that doesn't that's not where it ends right so i think a lot of business owners are like well my cpa does it so that is a check the box done finances covered i'm out and that's where they can actually do the work but as the business owner as the entrepreneur you need to understand and look at that final product and say okay that's great. They did the work that saved me hours of time. But now let me spend some time to look at what actually happened last month, last quarter, whatever that period may be.
2: So our financials tell us a story, right? So walk us through, I'm picturing in my head, you know, like the different statements an owner might get, whether it's a balance sheet or an income statement, depending on what, what story am I looking to see? What am yeah. I trying to understand?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So your PL, your profit and loss is going to show you all of your revenue and all of your expenses for the month and what that end number, that net income, what you net at the end of that. And so you want to understand what is your profitability mm-hmm. and, and also match that to your expectations, right? So there's a lot of um, like in our head calculations going on where the CEO is like, all right, I know we sold X number of these at this price. I've got to cover payroll. All right, I'm at 10K next month or whatever that may be. But really until you, you know, really put everything on paper and and contemplate all the different pieces, you may be missing certain costs and you're actually much lower or you're much higher because you're not considering, you know, an, an influx in sales. So really looking at what actually happened in terms of the cash that came in and out, and understanding what that profitability is to know, okay, what are our goals? Are our goals to grow? And so if we're growing, what does that mean in terms of revenue? And what does that mean in terms of added costs, right? Maybe we can grow revenue and keep our team size exactly the same by offering this digital product that's not going to you know add much overhead. Or maybe we have to hire new team members. So understanding what's your baseline today, what's your profitability is going to give you the ability to make those data-driven decisions of, okay, we can bring on this employee. We've got steady profitability. This is going to make sense. We're going to have to cover some of just their costs before they start generating revenue. You can start to make those kind of forward-looking decisions. And so that's where the P&L is coming into place. And so sometimes those are hard decisions too, like we're at a loss. Why? We're just not bringing in enough revenue to justify having these costs. So we need to consider which one of these we're able to reduce or scale down for a time being. Um, so that's kind of the general on the profit and loss side. And on the balance sheet, that's going to hold all your assets and liabilities. So assets are things that you own, the cash sitting in your bank. If you have um, like fixed assets, like a building or machinery or things like that, and your liabilities is money you owe. So if you have a line of credit or a, um, any sort of debt, that's money you owe. And so you want to understand in terms of cash flow, what do I have?
1: What do I owe
0: when I know I need to pay off? And then how am I going to manage all those pieces? To hit these goals I set out for the next 12 months. So you're kind of marrying all those pieces and knowing here's where I'm sitting and help that use you, help those statements to have those statements help you create that future roadmap to achieve your goals.
2: So this is what I'm hearing you say that is so important is that these, you treat the financials as our friends that live and breathe and change. Uh, they change weekly, but like t- more typically month to month, we're going to see what's been put into the financials, and that story evolves over the course of a year or a quarter, whatever. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, exactly. So, hey there, everybody. I want to take just a minute out of this episode of the No Labels, No Limits podcast to tell you that we are officially opening the sandbox membership in September. So if you're not already on our mailing list, please click the link below to either sign up for the membership or get on the waiting list for the membership. And if you click the link, you'll find more information about what's included, what our plans are, and better yet, you'll be on early enough to help decide what is most important to you to experience in the first three to six months of the membership. So don't wait, click the link below, And join us in the sandbox where fun happens. We get to do a little R&R, little learning, support one another, and really grow and expand in ourselves, in our lives, and impact the world in a profound way. So come on over, join us. I don't know which direction I want to take you in right now because there's three. So I'm going to pick one. So when you're looking at your financials and you say we have goals set for the year and it may be a growth goal. Um, what are your recommendations typically? I know it may vary depending on who you're speaking with, but how much uh, revenue do we want to keep on hand? So like our rainy day fund, our reserves accounts that we're not touching, but they're there in case our business dips. Do you have a like a guide that you think, especially for small businesses that you'd say, like, I would recommend X number of months on hand to carry you? Or
0: Yeah hard one because there's so many and I'm just kind of thinking about our our client base as well so many different kind of scenarios and industries and cash movement and if you are keeping too much cash on hand that means you're limiting the amount of investment and growth you can see in the company Um, and, and on the flip side if you don't have enough that you have reserved or you can pull then you may run into an issue if you receive an unexpected bill or you don't really understand what your cash flow looks like and have steady cash flow coming in. Now, coupled with that, I think um, there's sometimes fear around business owners having debt, and that uh, is not always a bad thing. And so having debt can be great if you are – have a game plan on what you're going to use those dollars for um, and are staying close to it right and I say that because um, having a line of credit is great where you can pull on if you're in a slump of seasonality in the business and you're like I still need to pay the team but our sales aren't going to pick up till next quarter and I know like clockwork they will and so having versus kind of saving cash on hand and not being able to you know make some other investments may prohibit your growth so, it depends on, you know, the risk levels of the business owner, uh, the market conditions, right? So right now you can put, um, and you should, any money that you're not spending should be in a money market making, you know, 4 to 5% any rainy day fund you have. Um, and interest rates are tough on the debt side. So I get that. So it's, it's really a, what are market conditions? What um, What is your business like? Are you, you know, consistently cash flow positive? Are you you know, having trouble with your cash flow, because sometimes it's just a, well, if you don't, if you cannot predict your cash flow and you don't have your arms around that, you've had months where you're up at night, you know, am I going to make payroll, sweating it out? Then maybe you are someone that should save up and bank that fund because you just don't have that visibility into it. So i say it's kind of unique to the business owner, the industry, the size, the
2: economy. So a lot of things to take into account. Yes. But you are you are recommending having some kind of buffer, whether it's a line of credit or cash on hand.
0: Absolutely. And there are, like, origination fees to having those kind of things, but I always like to, at, in the very least, have relationships with banks that you can call if you need to get cash, especially in a short-term window, and knowing what those options are available to you. So if you need to move on something quickly, you're like, okay, here we go. We're going, you know, plan line of credit. Let's, (laughs) let's start that path.
2: Yeah. Well, then you're not having to make, I mean, if you have to move on something quickly, it could be because it was totally unexpected. So now you're stressed about that. And the last thing we want to do when we're stressed is have to make logical research based or you know like informed decisions because so we don't feel like we have the time. We have to go now. So right. I think it's brilliant he says like have a relationship, have some options already, like if A, then here's my top three options. Maybe they've changed, but at least if I've got a couple, I I can start right and yeah. take that stress level off of what what will I do? It's like here's some options. You can start there.
0: Exactly. That's something when we work with clients, We always on the front end, even if they're super profitable and no problem, are like, hey, who are your bankers? What sort of relationships can we introduce you to? How can we create this safety net so that in case you need it, we're ready to go?
2: I think the whole relationship thing is so powerful even beyond the finances, right? Because you start to realize you're not the only one who needs those relationships. And honestly, I was asked by a third-party person, hey, do you know anybody who does this totally weird question, right? It was a tax question. I'm thinking, why would you think I know that? You know, I, call, I just called my CPA and said, I said, someone in Florida asked me this question. He says, this is where they need to go to get that answer. I'm thinking, thank you. But the, having that relationship, right? it meant it was so great. I was able to help that my client and, you know, connect them to him. He says, I don't, that's not my that's not my wheelhouse, but this is the kind of person she's looking for. And here are the first steps I would recommend she do. It saves so much time and effort on everybody's part. So, but that's a relationship I never would have expected to use in that way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, leverage those relationships with um, your partners. Reach out. Like, there's you don't know what you don't know. So, posing the question and and being proactively prepared is huge.
2: Well, and I I do think there's I'm going to, I'll I'll out myself a little here. There was a time in my mid-20s where, I mean, I was just getting out of any kind of debt, right? And then I loaned money to someone who burned me. And I thought, oh, it was terrible because I was feeling good. You know, I didn't have any debt. And then, you know, things happened. So, like, in my early 30s, yeah, I had credit card debt that I needed to, to leave. And, you know, that... The rates weren't terrible, but I didn't want it anymore. But I couldn't figure out how to get out of it. And I thought, I don't want to share this with anybody. But one of my roommates was like this. It's not what he did for business, but he was super genius with numbers. And he goes, show me your statements. I said, these are my statements. I was like, these are my statements. And he goes, it's not so bad. He goes, I'm going to tell you what you need to do. You're going to do what I tell you to do, and you will be out of this debt in 18 months. And I go, no way. And he goes, yes, you will. You're going to do what I say. I was out before that. But it was that. But you know, the hardest part about it, Lauren, was showing like, here's what what it looks like. And I think sometimes that's a hesitation for someone reaching out to you or someone like you, right? It's like, oh, I don't want to be embarrassed. I'm an adult. I should know better than this.
0: Yes. That's a huge thing we see with business owners they're they're scared they keep it close to the vest they're scared because one they don't really kind of know about the financials or they know they're not good and they're afraid to show somebody like essentially like under the hood of the business everything looks shiny and bright but really there's a burning fire behind that no one can see and they're embarrassed um and that and I think one, when when clients work with us, that's something that we have to overcome because we see that every day. We're not here to judge. Our goal is to help you. Um, we joke it, we, on the team that we are, you know, we're accountants, but we're also therapists. Like, because we're there and we can see everything and we can be a resource to help you. We're not there to judge or point fingers. Um, but I think another piece of that, too, is talking to fellow entrepreneurs and business owners. Because... I think sometimes we get like laser focused and we're thinking, well, I'm the only one dealing with this challenge. I'm the only one having this problem. I can't tell anyone about it. But when you start talking about it, someone's like, and maybe the friend you talked to knew that because they did it a year ago. You know, it's like, no, no. Hey, let's pull up our minds and resources together. I've been there. Let me help you. Let me introduce you here. Try this program. And so kind of getting over that, Fear around the finances um, just really opens a lot of opportunity.
2: So let's play, let's role play. I'm a business. I'm coming to you. I'm walking in. We don't know each other. We've never had this conversation. I'm just coming in and saying, I need help. Tell me what my experience is going to be like.
0: Okay. Um, And you need help in what I need help
2: understanding. Okay. Let's say, I need help understanding what's happening in my business financially and um, how to improve my position so that my business can not only be sustainable, but grow and, you know, ultimately maybe have a legacy that it goes to someone else. Like in the future, it grows and I'm out. Maybe I have an exit strategy.
0: Perfect. So Sarah, the first thing that we want to do is learn about your business, really talk about the operations and the workflows and how your business operates because everything that your business does impacts the finances, every single thing, some tangible, some intangible. And we also want to understand what your goals are for the business, but also on a personal level because everything as a business owner, everything in the business affects personal and vice versa. So we want to understand those foundational items. And then from there, we can take a look at your numbers and we can really walk you through from top to bottom what's been going on. And depending how much you know or feel comfortable, we can scale back or we can go pretty deep. Because at the end of the day, while we're preparing the financials for you, we want you to understand and feel super confident about your financials that you could speak on stage and rave about your numbers. Um, and that we really want to empower you to be able to use your financials to make the best decisions for your business.
2: Speak on stage about financials. Okay, 2024 goal. We'll do. No, but that's really I mean, really what I heard you say is you're starting at the personal level. Like what's what's the business owner or the leaders maybe it's a corporation and it's the corporate person coming in and asking you but it's still like what are your personal goals what's the business what's happening now so taking a temperature of what's going on so you guys can orient to that and then kind of what I would call right sizing the approach to get me or that person going down the right path and then evolve it from there is that correct
0: absolutely yeah and if if it's the business owner Entrepreneur, that's gonna that's kind of the scenario we worked for. If it's a larger corporation and we're working with their director of finance providing support, it's still applicable, but on a different level because we're gonna understand maybe the director of finance wants to move into the CFO role. So we need to help them build a team and get everything in the right place in order to facilitate those structural changes. So understanding the goals at any level is crucial for us to really plug in and and really help achieve those goals and provide that value.
2: Yeah, because I think, um, and I know when I help clients do succession planning, and it doesn't necessarily deal with the financial, that's really some of the hardest thinking for folks is like, well, if it's not the person at the top, who will it be? And in nonprofits, the boards, I've watched work with folks, they go, yeah, we we started that conversation. I said, where are you at in it? Well, we started like three years ago. They're not going to retire. I'm thinking, oh, yeah, I'm having different conversations. They're going. They're out at the end of two. So where would you guys like to go from here? So, I mean, it's that tendency to want to delay, you know. So really thinking about, like, if you want to go and be this, you know, the organization CFO or CEO and you're leaving a place, really that guidance that you give about how do we grow the team to come behind you and is it's so valuable because it's not plug and play.
0: Right. And, and sometimes we get ahead of ourselves with all, all that we need to do and just, okay, go do this. But okay, that's great. Sometimes it needs to get done. But what are how? what's our plan to actually hit these goals and milestones? Because if we're just doing the same thing every day, we're not without any kind of thought or strategy around that, we're most likely not going to get there.
2: So when an organization or a small business is doing strategy planning, so maybe they're like they're at a place in their business where they're rethinking doing strategic planning or long range planning, where do you recommend the finance picture comes into that in the very beginning, midpoint? how do you weave yourself in there?
0: Yeah, so our um, the financial strategy is something our CFOs work with our clients on and we want to be in there in the very beginning so we sit as a as a part of the leadership team it's as a, as a part of the c-suite and um we want to be there and we want to be there even when you're kind of brain brain dumping ideas because we at that point on our own can kind of say okay but what are the implications of these different things and maybe doing going this route means we have to give up something over here and so that may may change decisions so the earlier we're in on that and, the um, you know, we see ourselves as partners. If we're partnering through that kind of strategy, um, the more we can give that data-driven decision of, okay, if we go here, here's the likelihood of this, or here's what that looks like, and help kind of drive where we're going to go. Um, and, and like I said before, everything that you do impacts the finances. Mm-hmm. So um, I think oftentimes we'll see until we can really, for for certain um Organizations where they're not used to working for something in our position, it's very much like, I'm going to tell you after the fact, but that's too late, especially on the strategy side, right? And sometimes it happens to work out well, oftentimes it doesn't. So, really creating and cultivating that partnership of, you no, know, we need to be in it when it's still in your head is going to be the best way that we can be proactive and make the best decisions.
2: Yeah, because we can have all these great ideas. And like you're saying, when you're a partner, you may not say it out loud but you're going, okay, that move will have this implication, which isn't necessarily bad, but if we don't recognize the implication, we're just blindly going off and then we're gonna to have to trim sail anyway at some point.
0: Exactly. And so like this is a different scenario analysis and what I always say putting it down on paper and kind of mapping it out, it really brings to light, oh wow, I didn't consider that. <laughs> for the good or the bad and that that's really important
2: well and sometimes there's missed opportunities um, i love that you said putting it down on paper i've had this conversation over the past two weeks probably three or four times someone says well i just keep it in my head i'm thinking it's not real until it's written yeah. down number one because you can't share it with anybody or yeah. if it's just you you can't hold yourself accountable right and one guy i was in a mastermind with yesterday he says oh yeah i'm the my best negotiator if it's not down on paper I'll have these conversations with myself because I'm my boss, right? And he goes, right. I can justify it. And I said, yeah, that that one-on-one negotiating with you, you always win. And yeah. because nothing's written down. So um, I did want to ask you to switch gears just a minute. When you're thinking on, now I'm talking about budgeting versus planeting. Plan- planning, not planeting, but um when people think of resources in, the, in my world, they always typically think of cash resources. But there are other kinds of resources that we can rely on or shift around. Do you work with folks on how to think about alternative resources or partnering or some way of cost sharing or cost avoidance when you're working with them? When
0: you talk of resources, are you talking about um, like staff or give me a, a. It could be
2: both, it could be staff, so it could be time. Like staff, it could be um, physical resources or it could be expertise resources that, you know, they go, well, I can't afford a Lauren, right? Well, just because you can't do it today doesn't mean you don't have something you could, A, let go of or find a short term until you get to the Lauren that you want, right? But I, I just see it being oftentimes very black and white without considering what if I did this?
0: Got it. Yeah. I think, I really think of business in general as um, kind of like a game of chess and the different chess moves, right? So you understand this is this is what I want to get. I cannot get that now, whether it's a service or, a, or some sort of resource, a piece of machinery, whatever it may be. So how can I be creative in getting there? Can I, um, can I launch kind of a side business to sell coaching time or something to raise money to get me there? Can I barter services with somebody to get me there? Can I work, um, can I find a different service provider that can provide me something um, which is better than nothing to help get me there, to help me learn, to help grow the revenue? So it, being creative, I think, especially when your resource constraint is a big um is a big piece of it. And then also, I mean, it all essentially comes down to cash, right? And what kind of investments you can make. So keeping, you know, sales as a, as a big priority, which for a lot of us, small business owners, CEOs, like that's our role. Um, so understanding how can I utilize my time best to drive sales? What can I let go of and get rid of to get my sales up, to get my profitability up, to get me up into a point where I can obtain those certain resources that I'm looking for?
2: So you just said the magic word, what can I let go of? You know, and that's, um, boy, especially for an entrepreneur, right? You, your business is your baby or a founding leader in, in a, a nonprofit, right? Oh, we can't let go of any of that. But you grow and you change. And the answer is you must let go of some, right? So what's been the hardest thing for you to let go of as you've grown your firm?
0: Oh, that's a great question. Um A little bit of everything. So I'm a natural control freak and like things my way. And I have had to do a lot of coaching with an actual business coach, um, you know, listening to podcasts, reading books, giving myself pep talks, you know, uh, because our goal is growth that we can't achieve growth and we can't scale, you know, if I'm holding on to all these things. And, you know, sometimes we think my team's not ready. My team's not ready. And it's like, you just got to do it. (laughs) you got to do it. Um, and so giving myself, um, being able to truly delegate those tasks and build a team that can really support our growth initiatives and really give me time back to think and to do the strategy has been huge for me. Because when we go, 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 we don't have that time to truly be creative and think about, but what about the next 12 months? Because we're we're here today. Yep. And so, you know, as as a business owner, having that, time to strategically think about what's coming uh, is huge and so that's that's a resource that i've had to you know take some time to get by building my team and delegating and saying you guys got this i'm out um <laughs> has been huge for me
2: i would agree and um i like to know how to do everything but what it's so humbling. So, like, I, I will try. Like, if I know someone's already maxed out on what they're doing, like, I'll do my part to get it 50% there. And most recently, I just did this on the back end of a launch we're doing. And finally, I just said, "Okay, I'm stumped, and I'm not learning anymore." Here you go, um, because it was no longer efficient for me. But I, I, if I know how things work, then I'm happy. But I also know that those guys are way smarter than me on that stuff, right? They are like experts in their own Fields. So, you know, it's kind of nice to be able to let go and say, I need an advisor here. And I actually, like you, have an advisor that makes me be better, Um, think differently. And, you know, it's just helpful to do that because when you're out front in your business, it's hard to get perspective sometimes.
0: Yeah, for sure. If you're running a growing business, there's no way that you can know how to do everything or you're going to burn out and (laughs) not want to do the business. Burn out. Like there are various things now. I wouldn't even know how to log in and do that. And that was kind of something I had to let go of because it was like, I know they've got this. And if something happens and they can't do it, worst case, I know I can figure it out.
2: But right now
0: that's not something I even have to think about, which is great.
2: (laughs) That's so brilliant. I wanted to ask you, you know, as – like online payments, all that stuff become super simple, right? It's super mm-hmm. simple. You know, you can go out of your account. It can be recurring PayPal, Venmo, whatever, all the Stripe stuff. Um, what do you see? I'm thinking of like recurring payments. Folks find, like they're going, when they look at their budget, they're going, why are we paying for that? Like we don't even use that anymore. So I have two questions around that. One is how to, to find that. And the second question, is there a particular app or tool that you would recommend people do so they can quickly find those hidden things or the things that they see once a month and go, oh, yeah, I got to get after that and don't get after it?
0: Yes. Oh, I'm so glad you brought this up because this is something that I talk about all the time because most often we see those in software charges. And uh-huh. so, I mean, how many times have you tried? have you signed up for the free trial – and then you forget to cancel and then it starts billing you month after month and you don't even know that you're like it's it's 1099, but you've got a hundred of those. So that adds up, right? Or if you're in a larger organization and you don't have a solid um offboarding process for team members, so you're paying for license or seats in a tool, you know, 10 licenses, you're only using two. And so something that we recommend business owners do, whether it's themselves, if they're smaller or, you know, something their team does, is do a um, software cost analysis. And we actually have um, a template built out for this that I can share with the audience that basically you go in and you understand what are my recurring software costs, what am I actually using them for, And are there any that need eliminated? Because hey, you know, technology is always changing. This cloud-based product now offers this, so I don't need this other service and can eliminate that cost. Or understanding what charges are out there and what things you may need to cancel. And that's something
2: I think that would be a great tool to offer the audience. And um, how would people get that? And we'll we'll make sure it's in the show notes, Lauren. So I can send you a link to share. Let's do it because I think that would be so great. Um, I know as a business owner, it would be great for me because it's a tool. Like I can see it, yes. it's not hidden. Um, and I just think it's a great exercise to go through anyway.
0: Yes, exactly. And know like, hey, do we really need this anymore? What are we using? And then that those kind of exercises, which we recommend you do quarterly, um, are just getting you more familiar with your business and truly knowing what are the costs that it takes for this business to run Can we be leaner? Is there something that we're missing in terms of automating it and taking time back? It's always that give-take, really.
2: Do you or your clients, do you see in that automation piece the use of things like Zapier a lot to automate things so that people aren't adding staff to do certain things or can capture back? Do you do time studies and things like that with folks?
0: Uh, We haven't done actual studies. And I, we've got clients across all different industries in different sizes. So it's interesting to see, because it's not always the larger ones, you know, right. who's got those more automations built in and who's y- really utilizing technology. The scrappy versus, ones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> versus people that are still, you know, writing out checks and we're like, okay, let's, uh, let's get you up to 2024 here in, in terms of how we want um, how we want to operate. So it's really across the
2: board. Sweet. Great. Yeah. I would love a link to that. We'll make sure it's in the show notes because I think that kind of odd it's first of all, it's low hanging fruit because the benefit of it is you're getting money back. Yes, exactly. It's when someone says, well, we can't afford this next thing. I'm thinking you might be able to afford three of those next thing things if you looked here.
0: Yes, Part of what's really going on in your business.
2: (laughs) And it's, it just is. It's not, it's not painful. You know, it might be surprising, but it's, yes. at some point in time, those things made sense. Yes, it's exactly. Like a terrible thing. So um, anyway, thank you for that gift, because I think that would be very powerful for folks. Of course. So, so Lauren, what question have I not asked you that most business or entrepreneurs ask you that I should have asked you? Ooh, I would say, what is one of the biggest mistakes?
0: we see business owners make
2: from the Let's financial do side. Let's do it. Dive in. All
0: right. All right. So this is sacrificing long-term profitability for short-term profitability. And this can be, this is the long game, right? So we live in a world where we want everything now. And so we don't want to reduce our profit today, but being able to see back past if I make this investment in let's just use, for example, a team member, and I'm adding them to the team, and they're not going to help generate revenue day one. So they're going to reduce the profitability, which can sometimes feel like moving backwards, but that's not the case at all. What that employee may be able to do is increase your revenue by, you know, hundred percent, whatever, whatever that may be. Um, in the long term, but they need to get up to speed for three to six months. Or it's someone you're, you're bringing on to take a task or a responsibility off of your plate as a business owner so you can focus on strategic partnerships, strategy, increasing sales, things that aren't going to happen today, but you're giving yourself the time to do that for the next 12 months of the business. And so we see the people say, Oh, they've got the money, but they're like, I don't, I don't want to do that. And it's like, okay, but what you're doing is you're giving yourself more money today and less money tomorrow.
2: Okay. So that's, that is a lesson, you know, and I, I find that happens with when people are smaller and they can do the work themselves. And it's like, well, what if you had an assistant, even if it was just part time, mm-hmm. well, I, I, then I would have less money. I'm you'd have more sanity. Yeah, you would. Exactly. You'd be able to get some stuff done, important stuff like leadership, business owner stuff. So that's a really great reminder. So, Lauren, I want to thank you for being a guest on the podcast. Um, And I'm going to look, we'll get that link into your tool. What last words of wisdom would you give for folks as we wrap up 2023 and we're going into 2024? What mindset or words of wisdom can you get us set up with?
0: Yes, um, we've created this mindset around a new year and a new you and new goals. And so now is a really great time to be looking at how your business performed for 2023 and understanding what you want, what your goals are for 2024 and mapping out tangible ways that you can get there on paper in terms of growth um, or, or whatever your goals are and understanding and really diving into what you may not have hit your goals for 2023 and using that as a positive learning experience to help you for the new year. So
2: thank you very much, Lauren. And you know, listeners, was this fun? This was fun talking about money and finance with Lauren, low stress. I learned a lot, and I asked questions because I had questions about things. So I got some great consulting from Lauren here and would and also got to see the heart that you come to your work with Lauren. So I wouldn't be hesitant to reach out to you at all. I mean, I feel like you're very welcoming and understanding for all levels of business. So... Thanks so well, much thanks for having me, Sarah. <laughs> oh, it's been a pleasure. It really has.
1: You've been listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author, change agent, and strategic business coach Sarah Box. You can grab the show notes and find out how to work with Sarah at sarahbox.com slash No Labels, No Limits podcast. We'd love this podcast to reach as many people as possible. Please remember to rate, leave a five-star review, and share the podcast with someone you think would get value from this conversation.